Records on my demo. Welcome to another edition of the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is James Cooney and I'm joined as always by my co-host Lewis Glover. Lewis, how are you buddy? James, I'm I'm well. It's you know, but it's it's bittersweet because we're at the end of the, the fantasy football season. We're going into week sixteen. And we're also obviously now on the air around the corner from, from Christmas. So it means it's gonna be a, the last podcast that we record for a little while. So whilst I'm excited, it's also uh a bit sad. It is bittersweet, you know. Um, obviously, fantasy balls don't go in the playoffs, which has been unfortunate. But you know what? It's been a great year, Lewis. Um, it's been, uh, yeah, it's just, just been just been really good all around. You know, getting to know you, getting to talk about fantasy football all year, doing something I love. You know, it's just been great. Yeah, absolutely. I've really enjoyed doing this. I'm I'm glad we've been able to uh, to get linked up by by JA and and long may it continue. Yeah, not down though. No, no, no! Don't, he doesn't. He doesn't he does, show up when he he's needed. He doesn't listen you. either. Exactly. Um, on today's show, we're doing something a bit differently today. No weekly starts its streams because basically you've been your Super Bowl week and you don't really care about advice. So we just be a couple of streamers that we can hopefully you know help you Super Bowl or championship wins. Um, we're doing a bit of a season in review as well, going through like a few awards like I did for my not so quite mid season awards, which I did when Lewis was away. Um, we'll go through the Listener League um, championship, which uh, got some great news about that. Uh, we're doing our beer bets recap too. Um, hope, hopefully, I've won a few beers. Hope, doubt it though, because Derek Henry is absolute dog. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> happened to him, but anyway. And uh, Lewis has got an uh, interview with uh, Clint from DraftKings, so that's a bit of a 15-minute interview that we'll have as well in the podcast. But before we start, as always, we've got this website, thevaultstudio.com.au. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at thevault underscore studio. Lewis, where can we find you? Sorry, mate. Let me just... Uh Put my red wine down there. It's oh, fancy. A, a little bit of celebratory drink. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore down under and on Facebook, Fantasy Football Down Under. Search that, give the page a, a like and yeah, you can continue to find all the, the content that, that we put out and also as we, you know, the fantasy football season might be over but the work's never over and we'll get into the the off-season, the NFL draft and, and the off-season grind, particularly for Dynasty League. So make sure you're, you're following along there. Yes, I've just joined my first Dynasty League, so it should be interesting. N- never liked it, but now now I've done it just because you invited me. So yeah, should be fun. You'll love it. You'll once once you uh, do a Dynasty, you'll never want to go back. Nah, bullshit. I'll probably, qu- <laughs> I'll probably quit after the rookie draft or something. Um, but let's get right into it. Um, Super Bowl Championship Week start this week. Most of them, I'd say. Yeah, would you say most of them? I would say about eighty percent. Yeah, maybe a, a bit on it. Usually, if you're playing twelve team leagues. It often now is the the, the Super Bowl week. Uh, sometimes ten team leagues uh, often wrap up in in week fifteen. Um, yeah, it just depends. But yeah, the majority will be playing this week. I'd well, say if you, if you play the Superior NFL.com fantasy, you'd be uh, your championship week. The, be... the worst website and app in the world. I'm sorry. I'm I'm pissed on any chances of ever getting sponsored by NFL.com. <laughs> but uh, yeah, their their fantasy application is is dog shit. No, it isn't. But anyway, um. We're going our Super Bowl streams this week. We obviously go QB, tight end, kicker, and defense. Um, Lewis, get us started. Who have you got first? Well, he remains the number one scoring quarterback over the past four weeks. His name is Josh Allen. He's a quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, and he has a very, very nice matchup against the New England Patriots, whose defense can't stop anyone at the moment. It is really poor, and Josh Allen has got such a good rushing floor. Um that you have that solid fantasy production pretty much built him. He had a, a, a quieter week last week against the Detroit Lions in terms of his rushing yardage, but he did take one in for a touchdown. Uh, but if you were so if you were sharp, you were you were onto the fact that the Lions really limit rushing quarterbacks. It's one of the few things they do well on defense. So it was always going to be tough for Allen to to continue that crazy streak. He broke Michael Vick's record of uh, most rushing yards by a quarterback over a three-game game stretch, which. Is unbelievable. Yeah, so Josh Allen, he's still only owned in 25% of leagues. And if you, for example, you might have had Cam Newton as your starting quarterback. Uh, he's now being benched for the week. He's going to be deactivated since they're all but out of the playoff picture. Let his shoulder injury recover. So, yeah, maybe Josh Allen would be a, an ideal replacement there. Not a fan of Taylor Henneke, you know, going against... Cool. No, not a fan of him? Going against the uh, New Orleans... Sorry, the Atlanta Falcons? Not a big fan? Yeah, no, not a, not a fan there. Not a fan. Of, all right. Well, uh, I like my man Derek Carr. I said about him last week. Um, he's got a 
decent matchup against uh, who's he got? Ah, oh, the Denver Broncos. That's it. Yes, they've got no Chris Harris there anymore. What does uh, does hurt me a bit is they've got Derek, oh not Derek, um, Nick Chubb, and they've got Von Miller. They've got a bad offensive line. Gabe Jackson's now out for the year. Um, Brad, but Brad Bradley Chubb is cousin, but yeah, I, I know why you're thinking of Nick Chubb because he's such an awesome running back. Nah, I was thinking of Bradley Chubb. Oh, sorry, Nick Chubb. Sorry, oh, I don't know what I'm thinking <laughs> of. It's been a long day. I've worked. I've worked 16 hours. Okay, it's been a long day. I'll go easy on you, mate. Sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, so. Oakland is not... They're basically playing for something. They're playing for their jobs. John Gruden's going to be there for a while. They all know that. Um, even though they do suck, they're going to be playing hard to the end. And I do like Derek Carr this week. Yeah, well, you know why Derek Carr's going to be playing hard? Because his competition has just been signed by the Oakland Raiders. Nathan Peterman is now the newest member of the Oakland Raiders. And quote from John Gruden, he's the most pro-ready quarterback of his draft class. So, you know, unsurprising he found his way over to Oakland Raiders. Uh, I don't feel that Derek Carr will be will be threatened by his presence in the quarterback room. I don't know. He's he loves a, uh, a Bills quarterback. That's John Gruden. He's had AJ he McCarron early on. Now he's got Nathan Peterman. I don't know what it is. I know. Loves it. Anyway, yeah. well, next one. Who have you got for you? Well, I'm going the other side of the ball. There, Case Keenum. Uh, just a, a solid matchup against Oakland. Right? They're not a very good defense. Um, yes, he's lost some weapons, but. It's just a nice matchup, and again, if you're desperate, you could do you could do worse than Case Keenum, who's looking to build a bit of a rapport, and he has done with Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, um, and the tight end as well, uh, which is a nice little segue into our tight end streamers. And Matt, La- Matt Lacoste, is it lacrosse or Lacoste? Lacoste. Lacoste. Lacrosse is, is a, a, a sport. Lacoste is the tight end. I think he was fourth or fifth on the depth chart. Depth, depth chart going into the season and now he's the starting starting tight end he had four for 43 last week which compared to some other players at the position is you know a relatively uh okay showing and again perfect matchup against the Oakland Raiders who are one of the worst teams defending the tight end uh in terms of fantasy points so yeah you could do worse than well it'd be hard to do worse let's be honest but if you're in desperate situation and you need tight end and quarterback help then Case Keenum and Lacoste could be a an okay little stack for you. Yeah, I started Matt Lacoste in the uh, Listener League last week. He didn't do too bad for me, but you know, obviously, could have done a bit better. Um, the tight end position, as you've noted before the show, is very thin this week. But I do like a couple of people here. You've got Sujay Uzumwa from the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, it does have a very good matchup against Cleveland, who have been terribly in tight ends this year. Um, yep. Could be a game where Dallas Goddard breaks out. He has those ones every now and then. Had 14.4 against Dallas when he should have really had about tw- uh, 30, really. That pass, that sorry, that touchdown should have been allowed. He's had a few good games where he's gone double digits, but yeah, he's very hit and miss. So if you want to take a chance against Houston, who I always love taking a tight against Houston, um, he's worth a shot. And the other guy here I love is Hunter Henry. I really like Stop Hunter. It. No, what? Is he not playing this week? Oh. <laughs> Shout out to Stephen A. Uh, yeah, shout out to Stephen A. Smith and what was probably the most embarrassing low point in his broadcasting career. And that's saying some because he said some ridiculous shit on national television. But for those who missed it, go jump on Twitter, type in Stephen A. Smith, Hunter, Hunter Henry, and he makes four mistakes when he's breaking down the, uh, the Chargers Chiefs game. Unbelievable. In the space of about 15 seconds. For someone who's supposed to be in the know... I don't know what happened, but the, the 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 running theory is that someone was on their way out of their employment and and did an anchorman and put something on the auto cue that would make him look very foolish. And if that was the case, that is uh, that's certainly what happened. He's only owned at one point eight percent of ESPN links too, so just he, he's Hunter available. Henry, yeah, yeah he's, he's available. available. Yeah, he's, available. He's, he's he's ready. Exactly, he's, he's ready. He's ready to go. All right, so moving on to the kickers, everyone's favorite position in fantasy football. Love it. Um. Going to go Dan Bailey, first of all. You know, he's been he's been solid um, kicking for the Minnesota Vikings. He's he, had a, he, ha, he has had some wobbles, but this week they're going to Detroit inside the Dome. Uh, Detroit's a, a, a abysmal defense. And, you know, so you expect the Vikings to be able to move the ball. They seem to have had a resurgence last week against the, the Dolphins. Uh, you know, they hung 40, was it 41 points that they put on them? They moved the ball up and down the field. Yep, it was 41. Uh, 
41, yep. Um, so Dan Bailey's in a good spot to, uh, you know, put up respectable numbers this week. Don't mind that one at all. Um, going a bit off script here, I'm going to have Greg Joseph, who's going to be my kicker jewel for this week. Ooh. It's a bit of spoiler alert. Hasn't missed a field goal since October against the Steelers. Um, got a very good matchup against, uh, I just named it and I can't forget, Cincinnati. Very good matchup. They're ranked 32, uh, thir- sorry, 32, 32nd in our points led to kickers. Took Daniel Carson against him last week and got me the big L. No, it's not big L, big, big W. Yeah, he, he crushed, you crushed me last week in, in kicker jewel. He crushed, and Greg Joe's going to do the same this week. I really like him. Um, obviously, the Browns' offense can move. Cincinnati's defense is absolutely terrible, so I'm really liking Greg Joseph this week. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, and you know what? I'm gonna gonna stand by my ne- next selection. It's a crazy one, and I'm typing him in right now into the uh, the Google sheet. Go for it. I'm waiting for it. Chris Boswell. You've already taken Chris Boswell, so. Have I? Yeah. Where? Uh, week 11. Oh, week 11 I did. that. Well, that was anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll find another kicker for the kicker duel later. But Chris Boswell, very, I feel, a high-risk, high-reward situation because he's been shanking some kicks. He made an important one against the Patriots. And now he goes into New Orleans. He gets the dome, really nice kicking conditions in what's probably going to be a really high-scoring affair. Um the Saints' defense, uh, while it's while it's been improved, you can still score on them. Pittsburgh defense again, the same thing. You like Drew Brees to bounce back at home in the dome. Saints' offense looking to prove something after people are starting to question their their Super Bowl credentials. So I think they're going to score a ton of points against the Steelers. Big Ben's going to be chucking it all day long, and there's going to be extra points and field field goals galore for Chris Boswell. And his day will be determined whether he gets the yips after a first for his first kick or not. So it's a risky one, but there's a lot of reward there. Yeah, I do like that one a lot. Um, we'll go to defense this, uh, now. And uh, first one we've got is the Falcons, who put up a huge 22 points on the lowly, lowly Cardinals last week. Um, and the reason why I've got him here is because they're playing Taylor Henneke, who we just mentioned before. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh isn't there a rule in fantasy football? Start every defense against Taylor Haneke. If there isn't, there should be. Well, I think there will there, be now. There will there will be after this week. Um, yeah, they 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 scored a touchdown last week. There was uh, turnovers. It was it was not a pretty sight. And yeah, they they killed me. I, I went against them in in one Super Bowl uh, in a league where I was the the one seed. I think I'd lost one game. I was score outscored every other team by at least 300 points. I had Patrick Mahomes, Mike Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb. You know, this team was stacked and it all fell to pieces for me. And the Falcons defense dropped 22 points on me. And yeah, I, I, uh, I lost the Super Bowl. So thanks for that, Atlanta. You, uh, Jeez, what are you going to do? Bad beats, bad beats, chin up. And speaking of quarterbacks that we always want to target with opposing defenses, Cody Kessler and the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Miami. Uh, so you really like the the Miami Dolphins as a streaming option going against the uh, the Jacksonville team who just can't can't get anything going on offense. Oh, it's been he's been worse than Bortles, which has been really which has been really great. It's saying something. The team's been a shit show, and I love it. I yeah, wait. me too. Because yeah. you know they they were really good last season, and they Saxonville, and we're coming for the Super Bowl. And come on, guys, you're a trash franchise, you're getting a little bit above your station. Back down, back down into your trash can. Go on. They're back there, I tell you what. And they won't even they won't have another quarterback for another five years. No, probably not. And if they do, they'll probably draw, over uh pay someone over or reach for someone and it's just gonna be a shit show like Blake Bortles and it's gonna be a really fun time because Jackson yeah, do you, suck. You know who they might turn into? They could turn into the Cleveland Browns, who were the dumpster fire of the NFL. Uh, and but no no more. And they're uh, our last streaming defence for this week. The only thing that they need to do is hire Hugh Jackson and that'd be perfect. <laughs> That would just yeah. yeah. Does it, does, offensive is coordinator bang. Is Hugh Jackson friends with uh, with uh, who's who's the op- head, head of head of football operations Tom there? In, John, Tom Coughlin. Thank you. He I'd, could uh, be. He seems I'd, like I'd a people wiped guy. His, wiped his name from my memory after what he did to the Patriots twice. But uh, yeah, I, I, unless Hugh Jackson's got dirt on Coughlin, I can't see that happening. Oh, I wish. I wish though. It would be such a great scene. Him and offensive coordinator or head coach. <laughs> 
Anyway, we'll move on to the Browns, who are, as you said, we love to play uh, defense, have a bad quarterback, and we've got Jeff Driscoll, who is terrible. One yeah, of the worst he's not a good quarterback. Yeah. I think J.A. said in the Tuesday pod, he's in top four, of, uh, sorry, bottom four of QBR the past four weeks. Um, the Browns actually do have a decent defense. Is it Bailey Williams? Bradley Williams. He's a defensive... He's Craig Williams' son. Oh, um... No, drawing a blank there. Williams. Yeah, Williams. Let's go with Williams. Coach Williams. Coach Williams. Coach Williams seems to be doing a good job. uh, Give him the respect he deserves. Call him coach because he's a coach. Exactly. I'm surprised that coach isn't an Australia thing as well. Just a a side note. Anyway. Yeah, and they hold that title seemingly until they die. Yeah. Always call him coach. Always on TV too. Coach. Coach. Haven't coached anyone for, for 45 years, but still coach. Literally counts, I think. But anyway, he, they seem, he seems to be doing a good job over the past sort of four, six weeks that he's uh, been in the job. And yeah, I, Greg Williams, even though he, I hope he becomes the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns because it just, it'd just be funny. It just would be funny. But yeah, he seems to have a good defense. Uh, they're playing a shit offense. Hugh Jackson again, which is going to be really fun. A lot of shit talking already going on. I wonder who's going to hand him the game ball this week. Uh, please let that happen again. And yeah, I think at home, I think Baker Mayfield is going to go, going to go balls deep on the Bengals this week. And can't wait for the awkward handshake. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. But they, you know, they haven't had great fantasy points in the last few weeks, but played some some competent quarterbacks. I mean, the last time they played Cincy, they got six points, which from a streaming defense is more than respectable. Had a nine point outing on the road in Denver, which is huge. So you like them being home favorites against a a very weak Cincinnati offense. Do like it indeed. Um, that will do it for the streams this week. And we'll go into a season review. Um, bit of it. We've got to give it a few awards, a few, uh, a few best players and stuff like that. So we'll start off the QB position, as we always do. Best QB for the league. I think everyone knows who's going to be. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Um, but let's talk about the other QBs. Uh, who do you want to talk about first? Yeah, so I've got three on the list here underneath Patrick Mahomes. You're quite right. I think he's quite clearly been the best fantasy quarterback. Um 13 out of 14 weeks, he's been a top 12 quarterback or a, a QB1. So when we talk about a position being a wide receiver running back one, uh, means top 12. Uh, and he's also finished seven times in the top five. So his consistency has been out of control. I've got three more names on this list. Uh, Philip Rivers, which you know, you'd expect, who's been the quarterback one eight times, or a quarterback one, rather. Andrew Luck, who's been a quarterback one 10 times with four top five finishes. And Josh Allen. And so they're my three other candidates for for the best quarterback. Uh look, I've really I've really liked Philip Rivers all year. I don't think he should be in the conversation though, just because he's been so inconsistent. Yep. He'll have your games where he puts up twenty nine against Kansas City in the first week, and then he'll put up fourteen against Cleveland or a thirteen point five against Cincinnati. So it's, he's really hit and miss. Um, I do like Andrew Luck just because the way he's come back. He's absolutely dominated. He's only scored, uh, scored under 21. So that was against Jacksonville. And since, yeah, week four, he scored low 20s, high high 20s of the past, what, 10 weeks, 11 weeks. I think Angel X the guy here. Josh Allen, I'm a bit, bit iffy on just because he's been injured a lot. Um, yeah, so the reason why I put him down here is, you know, when it's mattered for you, Josh Allen's probably, if you were using him, he might have gotten you into the fancy playoffs. He might even win you a championship because he's very much in play this week. And so, yeah, he's not really in the discussion for best QB, but at the end of the day, we play to win fantasy football championships and, and Josh Allen might be the quarterback that does that for you because he's been the highest scoring quarterback in fantasy football from week 11 onwards, which is a, which is a very impressive feat. So, yes, Mahomes, in the looking at the season overall, Andrew Luck a close second, but I just thought it would be uh, remiss to not to not give uh, Josh Allen a mention here in the in the best quarterback segment. Well, Philip Rivers doesn't win me any fantasy championships, so I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> um, best running back, I think we all know who's actually. Oh, there's some competition here. Competition, yeah, I'll give you that. Got Saquon, got CMC, Christian McCaffrey, got Todd Gurley, and Philip Lindsay on the list, which is interesting. Yeah, so obviously. If you wanted to, um, you could just go and pick the number one from every position and go, well, that's the best, that's the best, that's the best. 
And with Todd Gurley, he was drafted pretty much as the number one running back overall. And he is the running back one on the season. He will probably finish as the running back one on the season. Um, particularly if we're only counting to week 16, which which we should. But I think we should take account into value as well and where, where players are being drafted. Um, Saquon Barkley was going around the 5-6 mark in the first round. Todd Gurley, like I said, was the number one overall pick. Christian McCaffrey is an interesting one. He was hovering at the back end of the first round, early second. So he's returned value in a massive way because he's only a handful of points outside uh, or, or rather behind Todd Gurley. And he's had six top five finishes. And the impressive thing about McCaffrey, he has not finished outside of the top 24 all season. So he hasn't. there hasn't been a single week, even in week 15 hell, where all of the star players seemingly, you know, bricked it for you in semifinals or finals week. Christian McCaffrey did not. Todd Gurley has had a, a, a week finish outside the top 24. So has Saquon Barkley. But McCaffrey in PPR scoring has just been so consistent, so high scoring. Uh, and he also has one of the uh, best performances in the season, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So he's he's really pushing for for the best running back for me. Who, who, who are you uh, leaning towards? I see what you get where you're getting at with that one. Um, I guess I would say put, I'll put James Scott on that list too, even though he's been out the past couple of weeks. Um, for a waiver I pick up at the start of the year where Le'Veon Bell was supposed to be playing, didn't play, and then he was your first guy that you picked up on your waiver wire. James Connor, I think, should be on the list, as well as Melvin Gordon. Those sitting get injured towards the end of the year, I think that would be up in there on that list. I agree, I agree. Um, obviously, Kareem Hunt, circumstances. He was going to have a really good year, but obviously what he did, he's a dickhead. Um, James White, over the past few weeks, has been used very, very sparingly, and I think Rex Burkett has a lot to do with that. Um, he's had one good game against Minnesota. Apart from that, he's been in single digits the past six weeks. Yep. Um, and David... Oh, no, I wouldn't put David Johnson there. Tariq Cohen, sorry. For where yeah, he Tariq was, Cohen. For where I he don't was, know where. He, yeah. What is he, the running back uh, 11? Yeah, something like that. Season? Somewhere around, around that range. Mm. I think he should be on the list too. Um, just because, yeah, where he was drafted, what the expect, expectations were, obviously exceeded him and has... Lost Jordan Hale to spot on everyone's fantasy team. Yeah, it's it's hard. So I think my, my vote, if push comes to shove, so Tariq Cohen is, is 12th uh, for, for for accuracy purposes. Um, yeah, for me, the best running back in terms of fantasy, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Christian McCaffrey because of of where he was drafted, what he's done, and how consistent he's been. I put Todd Gurley as my second silver medalist and Saquon Barkley in a close close third and honourable mention going to Philip Lindsay. Fair enough, fair enough. Really got, I'll probably put Gurley one, Saquon two, CMC three. That's fair and completely understand those reasons as well. Todd Gurley has just been you know, supreme and is probably going to carry you to another championship and yeah. back-to-back finishes as the overall running back one is, is, is very impressive. Obviously, he's injured at the moment. That's why he's been having a few down the weeks. But yeah, I think the way he started the year... And obviously he's finished pretty poorly, but I think the way he's played, it's just unbelievable and he's worth a first-round pick. Absolutely. Moving on to the tight end position. In a, a dumpster fire position, we found four guys who have really been excellent all season. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Eric Ebron, and Zach Ertz. James, who are you? I mean, Travis Kelsey is the obvious standout name at the top of the list. Um, do any of those other guys challenge him for the best tight end or is it a pretty uh cut and dry case for Kelsey uh, as much as I'd love to say Zach Ertz I'm pretty sure it's yeah pretty much all Kelsey's at the moment yeah I mean he's finished as a tight end one 12 times and 10 times inside the top five um he's really supplanted Rob Gronkowski now as the gold standard at the position Gronk's days are, are obviously numbered in the league but his position I think is going to be replaced by George Kittle who is just he is sensational uh I wasn't high enough for him at the start of the season. I thought the hype was getting a little bit out of control. But he's performed, and he's performed with a bevy of quarterbacks as well. He's just, you know, four different quarterbacks in his career in, in two seasons, and he's performed with all of them, which speaks volumes about what he's like as a player. You have very uh, a lot of confidence going forward. He himself has finished inside the top 12 nine, 
nine times. But this is a statistic that, that I really, really love and I find really impressive. So this is a list of all wide receivers. Uh, sorry, the, the wide receivers and tight ends who have the best yards after catch per reception. So at number seven is Travis Kelsey with 5.6, uh, which which is impressive. And then you have Tyree Kill there at number two with 6.4. Golden Tate, 6.1, who we know is a yards after catch master. That's what he excels at, uh, making people miss. So, yeah, Tyrex Hill, 6.4. George Kittle is 10.3 yards after the catch per reception. That is it's nearly double Travis Kelsey. That is absolutely phenomenal. That is just shows you what an athlete he is, how good he is with the ball in his hands. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about George Kittle. Well, I know he's going to be on top of your list for uh, next year's next year's rankings. I reckon. Yeah, he'll he'll be close. It's going to be look. It'd be a disservice to Travis Kelsey to to move him down from the top spot. The only thing that I would be hesitant about is is regression for Patrick Mahomes because as good as he's been, he, he's putting up you get that sophomore slump. Histor- you always get that sophomore slump. Yeah, he's getting just putting up insane historical numbers. So. I think there needs to be at least some touchdown regression there. And Travis Kelsey has been a benefit of, of that. But but we will see. That's a discussion for 2019 off-season or 18 off-season. I don't know how we... we... 19. 19 off-season. There we go. Thank you. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Uh, who we got at the top of the list? This is what you've got. You've got Adam Thielen. You've got Tari Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Thomas. I would also like to add Devontae Adams to that list as well. Yes, uh, that was a, you know, I, I was just trying to do, do four, but Adams is is very much in in candidacy for, uh, for that title. No OBJ there too, in there as well. Just quietly. no, no, we'll uh, just quietly maybe talk talk about him in a little while. No, um, obviously Adam Thielen was a superstar at the start of the year. He was sort of in the MVP sort of conversation, but over what the past sort of six weeks, he's dropped off massively. I think he's only. Is it wide receiver five now? Is it? I think four, four or five. But four he was five. the one by by a clear margin mm. for for a while. Like I said, he had the eight consecutive games with a hundred yards or more receiving, tied the NFL record with with uh, Calvin Johnson, which is remarkable. But as we know in football, it's a, a fluid situation. Things change, and you know, defenses have started to to key in on Adam Thielen and, and really. Um target him and, and try to scheme to take him out of the game and, and Stefan Diggs has stepped up in his absence which you know as a tandem great great for, for Minnesota moving forward if they can sort out their their offensive uh, coordinator situation and we're going against Darius Slay this week too so he's one to look out for if you're going to play him in your playoff or Super Bowl or championship whatever you want to call it absolutely yeah so for me though I think the uh, the clear wide receiver best wide receiver this season has been Tyree Kill put him up there with uh, Travis Kelsey as the best tight end. Mahomes is the best quarterback. The Kansas City offense has just been lights out, unbelievable, record-breaking. There isn't really much else to say about them, but they've just been phenomenal. And Tyree Kill, he's had multiple 40-point performances. Uh, yeah, he's just been I love unstop- how I, unstoppable. I love, I love how I said he could have been a bust this year, and he's just averaged, what, 20 points a game. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, I mean... I didn't think him necessarily going to be a bust, but I, I never thought he had this in them. I, I thought he was more of a one-trick pony, but he's really shown he is a complete wide receiver who can do everything. Um, DeAndre Hockums too, who uh, just absolutely ran me up the ass last week in all th- all three <laughs> of my playoff teams that I had. Played him three times and I got rammed right up the ass. This is fantastic. I thought you were smiling a bit more than normal. I know. I know. Yeah, and I, I got to put my guy there on the list, Michael Thomas. He's slowed down in the last few weeks, as the Saints offense has. Last last week was infuriating. I think he had three or four catches pulled back from flags, which, you know, as I was desperately needing him to score points, it was uh, it was soul crushing to see every time Michael Thomas reception and there's a flag on the play. Bring it back. Uh, he he, I probably lost t- at least ten points. Um, to to play for Michael Thomas on flags, but he is very much in the conversation to be to be one of the uh, the wide you know the best wide receiver in fantasy. He had the absolute 
dream start you could ever ask for. 30 in back-to-back weeks and then, yeah, ever since that, it's been pretty much dreadful from him. Only a few, he's had a 20, he's had a 39, but yeah. He's been very, he was very consistent. That's what he did. He offered consistency. He had really? targets. He was catching everything thrown his way. Um, yeah, but Not many really just in the way, last though. few weeks, he's... But the whole the whole Saints offense has slowed. Really has slowed. Yeah, it has. I don't know what's going on over there in New Orleans, but the winning game still, which matters. So that's true. That's true. Now onto the not so nice. We've talked about the best players at the positions. Let's look at some candidates for the biggest draft draft bust. So me and James have gone through and we've identified four players based on their preseason expectations, where they were being drafted. And sort of where their performance and, and have and have them ranked now. Obviously, uh, so no Lev Bell because he's going to win it hands down. Don't really yeah, need to yeah. Talk so about we him. tried to filter out guys that had you know long injuries. So Fournette, for example, he he we took him out as well. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, yes, uh, absolutely. So start us off, Cooney. David Johnson, one of the top four picks of the year with Zeke Elliott, um, Le'Veon Bell, and Todd Gurley. So RB10 at the moment has sort of disappointed a lot, even though he should be the focal point of the Cardinals' offense. But yeah, very much disappointed. We've got Aaron Rodgers, who was QB1 for the year. Some people take him in the first round. Some people take him in the third. Who cares? He's been crap this year with his knee injury. Got Jordan Howard, who was a third-round pick this year. Um, has done nothing. I think Tariq Cohen sort of yeah, outplayed him as RB1 on the Bears' offense. And unfortunately, we've got a name OBJ on this list. Yeah, that this one hurts me. I know. If only people listen to me. But to be fair, I will say he is ranked as the wide receiver 13 and he's only played 12 games. Everyone else ahead of him has played 14 or 13 games. And between him and Keenan Allen in ninth place uh, is about, you know, 17 points. So he's not that far off from being one of the the top tier guys. But yeah, being, being a... A season, a bit of a down season for OBJ. Uh, Eli Manning was was really just abysmal for most of the year, so that 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 really affected him. And Saquon Barkley, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, he did get a lot of targets. He did, yeah, he he definitely did get uh, get plenty of targets. So that's that's probably hurt OBJ ceiling a little bit as well. And again, Eli Manning. Oh, so bad. Well, well, four more years apparently. Four more years. Four more years. Um, I'm gonna name. I'd love to name OBJ, but he's been he's been sparingly good here and there. Yep. I think it has to be David Johnson. Just the people that you could have taken around him, uh, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, just to name a couple. Um, everyone thought he was going to be in 2016 form. Obviously, that's not the case. Uh, that Cardinals offense is putrid. Um, Josh Rosen isn't going to do anything. Anything? Ah, uh, sorry, anything anytime soon. Um. It's just been a waste year for him and the Cardinals and Larry Fitzgerald, really. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you that one. I was one of those folks who thought he was going to have that sort of 2016 season. He got <clears throat> got the new contract. It seemed like they were going to build the offense around him, but no one could have predicted how putrid the, the offense would be and how bad his usage by Mike McCoy was. I mean, it was shameful. Shameful. Um, and they just haven't utilized his skills. And over the last few weeks, they've been trying to get Chase Edmonds involved and... Uh, some other scrub, I can't even remember his name, but he cost me money last week. He came in and took a bunch of catches in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, David Johnson, for me, I, I agree with you. I think uh, we can declare him as the uh, the Vault Fantasy Football Podcast biggest bust of the season. Absolutely. Um, we'll go to the next award. Best performance. Um, best performance. Best Let's performance. Do who, who have you got? Who do you want? So... We've got two running backs on this list, a quarterback and a wide receiver. Um, since, since you know, he was my best running back, I'll take Christian McCaffrey and his best performance, which came in week 12. And he put up a staggering 46.7 PPR points. Um, just performance by McCaffrey, who just put up a remarkable 46.7 PPR points uh, in week 12 against the Seattle Seahawks. He had 17 carries, 125 yards on the ground, one touchdown. 
He also had 11 receptions, 112 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Just sensational. And really, he's silenced all of his doubters who question his size, his BMI, whether he had the build to be able to run inside, be a, a workhorse back in the NFL. He has just been sensational. And that was, we really saw the best of McCaffrey in week 12. Um, yeah, I think I had him in my listener league and he absolutely dominated that week. I think I put up almost 200 points that week, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's unreal from him. Derek Henry should be on the list. I know we've got him on the list, but nobody played him that week. So I don't think anyone, I uh, don't think he should be on the list just because of that reason, because he didn't actually score any yeah, points for anybody. You, re- you read my mind there. I mean, I think he should be on the list. I think he needs to be mentioned. And some people did start him. Some people were maybe forced to start him or, you know, the matchup was okay. So they went ahead and, and rolled him out. But that's why he can't win the rule the award for me uh, just because he was, was started in such a small percentage of leagues that yes, it was a great performance, but McCaffrey single handed, single handedly won you a week and uh, maybe got you into the playoffs uh, around that week, 12 mm. time or sealed you a first round bye or something like that. Whereas, whereas Derek Henry really a lot, most people had him on their bench and then many people foolishly followed it up by leaving him on the bench again, which is just madness. But uh, I digress. Lightning has struck twice. Yeah. Yeah, who uh, are you? Uh, I'll go with Christian McCaffrey too, but just a couple honor mentions to Patrick Mahomes in week two at thirty-eight. Yep, and also yeah, sort of fits the magic too. Honor mentioned him. For his yeah, one. he had a few really good weeks. Yeah, so he's like what one weeks one and two. What do you put up? Ninety points. Something, something seven, s- seven, seven to two points. Should do my research, but yeah, something silly. <laughs> um, and I think you've also got Tyreek Hill there. You know, what was it week? Week, week 10. 10, yeah, he went ham. I think he had 10 catches, 215 yards, two touchdowns, 43.5 points. Crazy week. Um, now, worst performance. Touched on uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just then too. Um, he had the absolute stinker against the Chicago Bears. And he got benched at halftime. Had, I think, yeah. was it three, three points? Three points. He absolutely crushed you that week because most people would have started him because... You know, Chicago wasn't the Chicago defense in week four. Like, they were good, but it wasn't the fearsome, uh, you know, sit everyone against the Bears by uh, at week four in the season. And anyway, Fitzpatrick was coming off 42 points, 30 points, and 25 points to open the season. And yes, it, people were saying it's only a matter of time till the magic runs out. And I know Khalil Mack was, was, was running hot then. I recall, I think, predicting that Khalil Mack was going to murder... Fitzpatrick on the field and you know it turns out he he sort of did but I don't think anyone was expecting three points from him and being benched at halftime that was truly uh, a shameful performance by Fitzpatrick it was indeed um and those ones we got here Jared Goff's negative uh point three points against the Bears a couple of weeks ago that was real nice um also Todd Gurley of 8.8 points which really screwed up a lot of teams and Tyreek Hill's six points against Oakland which just was completely random and made no sense because it was a perfect matchup and they just didn't use him. They didn't need to. But uh, noting there that Fitzpatrick, Gurley and Goff, all their performances came against the Bears, which you know, tells you all you need to know uh, about how good the Chicago Bears defense has been this season. That's true. Um, I guess I'm going to go with Jared Goff just because yeah, negative points in the playoffs is uh, not the best sort of situation you want. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the, the Rams potentially bounce people out of playoffs that week. So I'm going to go with Jared Goff as well, just because, you know, even 8.8 points is, you, you might be able to survive that, but, but, but negative 0.3 is just, yeah, that's truly, truly um, weak. Really, really, really weak. Weak, nice. And our last award, Fantasy MVP. We've got in our nominations, Gurley, Saquon, Mahomes, and Kelsey. Yeah, is there anyone else you wanted to add to that list? Um, Nick Foles. He was Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, you big dick Nick Foles, Stan. <laughs> uh, he's back. He's back. <sighs> he is back. He um, is back. I, I actually did just uh, build some DFS lineups with with the Nick Foles and uh, Alshon Jeffrey stack, actually. so Interesting. There you go. Um, I'm going to have Gurley here just because even though he's d- disappointed in the playoffs, um, you know, doesn't count in regular season. 
Oh, sorry, doesn't yeah, MVP doesn't count in the playoffs. It counts in regular season. So I'm going with Todd Gurley. He led you there. Um, he didn't play badly, but he just didn't score as much as he used to. Yeah, uh, Gurley is a very close second for me. Um, but you drafted Gurley with the first overall pick, and this is sort of what you're expecting. Um, Saquon Barkley, you were hopeful that he was going to produce, and, and he has. So he isn't my MVP. Mahomes absolutely came out of nowhere, and he's been sensational. But if you stream quarterback well and you paid attention, you were able to replicate Mahomes' um, points over the course of the season. Um, you know, there was Ryan Fitzpatrick there for a while. We've had Josh Allen. And then other players in between has been, you know, Lamar Jackson's given you streaming opportunities and so on and so forth. The guy for me who's been a beacon of shining light at the worst position in fantasy football, um, skill position rather, because kicker isn't isn't a real position. It should be abolished from the NFL. And, you know, defenses are just so variant. But Travis Kelsey is actually my fantasy MVP this season. Because if you had Kelsey, you had such an advantage over anyone you played at, at the tight end position. Um, and the rest of the position has been so historically bad. That advantage was was remarkable. And Kelsey was finishing weeks, his scoring. He was scoring like a wide receiver one as well. That's how, that's how effective he's been. So for me, my fantasy MVP is uh, Travis Kelsey this season. Wowee, what a shocker. <laughs> um, dun, dun, dun. That will do us for our season in review. Now, Lewis has a nice interview with uh, Clint from DraftKings, so we'll give that a quick listen. Okay, and now for this segment of the podcast, we are joined by a, a special guest. His name is Clint, and Clint works for, for DraftKings Australia. Clint, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, obviously heading into NFL finals and playoffs, so I'm, uh, it's an exciting time. It is. It's it's why we play. It's why we all study up through the preseason and grind the waiver wire and, and make trades all the way through the season. And hopefully, you are still playing in some leagues. You've made it to the made it through the playoffs. Maybe you're in a championship game. But if you're not and you still love playing fantasy football, there are other options. There is a phenomenon known as as daily fantasy sports, and that's why we've got Clint here today. It's known as DFS. Clint, why don't you uh, tell everyone the listeners because it's it's been around for a few years in Australia, but it's really not, you know, mainstream like the concept of regular season-long fantasy sports are. So why don't you tell tell everyone what DFS is? Yeah, certainly, mate. Uh, yeah, so I mean, to the to the Australian sports fan, probably who are you know that don't really know a great deal about daily DFS and daily fantasy sports is, um, you know, the best thing I compare it to is really it's, it's similar to a season long um, fantasy. So for Australians, obviously some do play NFL fantasy, um, NBA, the American sports we love, but then obviously being Australian, then uh, they, you know, they typically play your AFL uh, Super Coach and Dream Team and NRL Super Coach and Dream Team, very similar format, but on a daily basis. So rather than having to wait, you know, 24 weeks for the season to to come and go and and see where you you finish up, you are playing on a on a daily basis. So entering a, entering a lineup um, on a particular day. So for NFL, for example, next Sunday, you just pick players playing on that day and. Um, very similar scoring and yeah the, the payouts typically work that the top 25% get a payout obviously if you're if you're on top of the game then you you can take home a lot of money and uh, you know if you finish in that top 25% you're still making a profit absolutely so you work you work for DraftKings obviously they're they're an American company so tell us a little bit about about DraftKings how long they've been around for uh, you know where they where they sit in the market all that kind of stuff yeah, definitely. So we recently launched in Australia. Uh, so we started in 2012 in in the in America, um, and we've kind of gone from strength to strength there. Um, you know, if you if you visit the states and and spoke to someone about DraftKings, everyone knows who DraftKings is, and and more likely than not, they would have an account with DraftKings and have played. Um, so it's very different to Australia. Um, I just went to Boston on a uh, on a business trip a few weeks ago and you know even just talking to people in bars and you tell them that you work for DraftKings they lose their minds because it's uh <laughs> you know it seemed to seem to be you know a, a great 
place to you know great you know everyone plays this everyone plays it so um you know to be able to work for that company it's uh it's, they get pretty excited but in australia we only launched uh five months ago now um numbers are going really really well um we've there are two competitors that have been around as you mentioned for a few years um but have really only offered primarily the Australian sports and a little bit of NFL and NBA, um, where our probably main selling point is our American sports, but we offer 12 different sports. So it's not just your your key for American sports. You know, we, we offer sports like Premier League soccer, um, UFC. We even offer eSports. So it's, it's kind of anything you want to have a pick a team in, you can really. Yeah, I, I've, you know, I've, been familiar with the DraftKings brand for, for a while. Like you said, if you spent some time in America, you can't miss it. So I was really excited when they when they came to Australia. And yeah, you jump on the website and there's there's I think there's there's golf on there, like you said, MMA. So there's I mean, it's crazy what DraftKings is doing to change the way that you know you look and, and interact with playing at sports. But you know, you jump on the website and it can, if you're not sure about DFS or what's going on, it can feel a little bit sort of intimidating and also people are putting their hands in their pocket with their money and you know maybe there's, there's going to be far more experienced players who are going to be you know taking advantage of them much like when you did your first regular snake draft right you always you're the, the moron who picked a quarterback in round one and you get passed sure. by the rest of your league <laughs> so what's 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 you know what's available for people who just who who, who want to give it a go and and really just dip their toe in the water to, to see if they like it yeah, so there's certainly plenty of options, and and that's probably the the main difference between us and our competitors in Australia. If you are playing with a competitor, you know you're typically in a one main you know one main GPP competition. Where on DraftKings we have on any particular sport on any day we have hundreds of different contests. So from the you know that start from as little as. 10 cents an entry into, you know, the, the high rollers spend, you know, the, the world's your oyster. But um, typically for a beginner, how I suggest that you do play, and it's one function that I really do like with us, is um, once you go into the site, you can see on the left-hand side, you can select uh, beginner, and it actually lets you play beginner contests, um, and it restricts. Uh, so you can play on the beginning contest for your th first 30 contests. Um, so really, you're only playing against other newbies as well. Um, it's the best way to learn. Um, and, you know, there's as you mentioned, there are guys who, obviously, this has been around in the States for quite some time now. So there's guys that play day in, day out, and know the product inside and out. Um, so those beginner contests are typically your best ones when you're learning. Um, they're low stake, um, just as exciting. Obviously, if you're on, you know, if you're near the leaderboard, and that's the best thing about daily fantasy, you're so invested. Every play, your score changes. So you could be coming first, and then you know something doesn't go your way, and there's a turnover, and you end up 115th. It just kind of it plays with you a little bit. Um, yeah, it can, it can get you uh, emotionally a little bit. I was uh, in in the. Uh, a showdown competition and we'll, we'll we'll move on to what a showdown is shortly but i was i was first for, for quite some time and one play happened I, I was i was winning money and i only play in the small stakes contest it was f turning 50 cents into ten dollars which you know for a return on your investment is is pretty nice even if it is only 10 bucks and i was sure. i was nearly i was nearly there and then one play happened and i was uh right down to the middle of the pack and out the money again but it, it's uh it's definitely an, an entertaining way of uh of uh, getting some action on the games yeah, definitely. And I mean, from my perspective and, and kind of that's how I started playing DFS, it kind of gets you in, involved and and you're into the, a sport that you don't necessarily love before. So my background was previously always AFL. I love AFL, mm -hmm. loved a bit of NFL, NBA somewhat. I could have named you the top players. But as soon as you start playing daily fantasy, you get to know every player on every <laughs> roster of every yeah. team and you, you're constantly following them. You're kind of invested in the sport. It's That's what I like about DFS the most. Yeah, you all of a sudden give a shit whether the uh... – the second shooting guard for the Orlando Magic is going to be playing or not. Exactly right. That was like me today, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, I mentioned the concept of a showdown contest a minute ago. Um, I, I really like them. They're fun. Uh, I think it's a great way because a lot of people will say, oh, I'll go to, you know, 
the tab or a, a betting company and just throw some money down on the game because they want to be invested on the outcome of the game that they're watching. And I find Showdown a far more entertaining and sort of uh, invest like an engaging way to, to to get into a game that you might not have a, a root and interest in. So can you tell us about, particularly because this is a fancy football podcast, what Showdown is and, and how it relates to an NFL game? Yeah, definitely. So Showdown uh, is something that we introduced a couple of years ago um, that uh, you are typically picking a lineup just for one particular game. So rather than a whole Sunday night football or Sunday football slate, you're picking a particular lineup of, of six players um, for a particular game um, where you are picking a captain. So uh, you get one and a half times the player score for your captain and then you've got five other players um for those who aren't familiar with daily fantasy how it typically works is you get a salary cap um so you you'll find your contests that suit you as i said they start from as little as 10 cents um you pay your entry uh you get your salary cap obviously your better players are more expensive so typically your quarterbacks, your running backs um, and your top wide receivers are quite expensive. Um, and then, you know, your wide receiver three, for example, will be a little bit cheaper. Your tight ends might be cheaper. In a showdown, you know, what makes or breaks you is really nailing that captain spot, but finding some value as well. Um, obviously, with a salary cap, you can't fit your Cam Newton, your McCaffrey's, your, you know, all in the same lineup. You've got to find those guys who, you know, who might be cheapest chips, who might get a touchdown or might get two catches for 40 yards because it makes a whole lot of difference. So, yeah, um, yeah as you said, it, it can kind of make or break you. Showdown's exciting because, yeah, as you said, like it, it, it can be one play and you're nowhere near the, near the money and then it takes one play and, and you can kind of skyrocket. So it's... it's um, it's a great concept. Yeah. I, all you need to do is take a, a quick peek on Twitter and you can see what a big industry daily fantasy sports is. I mean, there are people who make livings by not playing DFS, but providing DFS services, uh, you know, podcasts, articles, lineup optimizers. It's an, it's a, a, a multi-billion dollar industry. And I think we're just starting to see the, the advent of that in Australia and I think moving into the 2019, particularly NFL season, is going to be going to be very exciting. But 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 all of the other sports that DraftKings uh, ha- has to offer. So um, yeah, I really like playing DFS. It's it changes your your perspective, but I also think it makes you uh, a sharper fantasy player in general. And some of the skills and and things that you learn from playing DFS can really translate over into season long and also dynasty formats as well. Uh, helping you identify players that maybe that weren't or going to be on on most people's radars because you are a bit of a, a degenerate and you're looking down the <laughs> the, de- the depth charts all, all the exactly way down. Right. There. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's a lot of benefits that come from DFS uh, for your fantasy playing skills, and there is some some money to be made along the way. And particularly at this part of the season, if you've been eliminated from your playoffs, if you didn't make it, you know, there's always. There's always next week in in DFS, which there might not be in your in your season long league. So it's 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 absolutely fantastic, and I look forward to uh you know introducing some DFS content on this show next season. Hopefully, we'll be uh bringing a few picks that I I like, and hopefully we're going to get uh, the co-host uh, Cooney involved. And yeah, I hope we can uh, we can get you back on uh, maybe in the, in the preseason, and then th- maybe a couple of times throughout the season as well, Clint. Yes, definitely, mate. I'd love to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, every week there's, as you mentioned, there's there's so many different contests. But you know, once if you haven't had a great fantasy football season and you're looking to kind of stay engaged for the playoffs, then you know, certainly head to to DraftKings and and check it out and have a play. As I said, you don't have to spend a great deal to learn the product. Um, but you know, if you did want to win the big bucks, then you know, each week for playoffs, we do have a a millionaire maker. So, which that means if you do win that contest, you win a mil one million US dollars, which is you know, obviously life changing. So, yeah, exactly right. The conversion helps us. So, um, yeah, no, certainly the best time to to get involved. And you know, as you mentioned, for your season long fan fantasy you are looking at guys who you know would not be on your radar typically so it does help you um you know 
for your knowledge base and you know to try and and you know find that find that lock in you the 11th or 12th round that turns into an absolute gem for you in the season it could pay dividends absolutely and i uh, through the playoffs i will be having a a few uh, lineups into those into those millimakers and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe DraftKings does run that every week of the regular season as well as there's a millimaker every week yeah yeah there is uh, so last week was i think was our 20th 20th, I think, Millie Maker um, for NFL. Um, crazy that we, we can do it. But as I said, you know, it, it is life changing. So people do put entries in and, you know, hope for the best. Obviously, you need a bit of luck on your side. Um, but, you know, if you do have that luck, then you're absolutely laughing. And I would like to take a have a lend of some of that million dollars if someone does win who's listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I hope anyone who is listening does get involved in, in DraftKings and yeah, let let us know if you can uh, if you do in fact win the Millie Clint. Where can uh, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so I so DraftKings as a whole, and this is probably good for the for the newcomers. So um, if you go onto Twitter and search DraftKings, there's draft at DraftKings is our main our main Twitter handle. Um, at DraftKings News is a good one um, mm-hmm. for for the beginner because there are frequent daily. Uh, you know, daily write-ups on tips and players to look out for on a particular slate. So that's great for a newcomer. Um, and then for myself, it's uh, at Clinton DK Oz um, for everything that is related to DK Australia. So if anyone's got any questions, obviously look me up on Twitter. Um, I'll be more than happy to, to run you through what we do and, um, you know, and hopefully give you some tips along the way. Awesome. Well, Clint, Really appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and jumping on the uh, the podcast with us. And yeah, look forward to talking to you again uh, in the off season maybe. And and uh, yeah, definitely into the, uh, the next NFL season. Perfect. Appreciate it, Lewis. Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Wow. What a great listen, Lewis. Good interview, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll be uh, sure to, you know, remember you when I'm interviewing people on 60 Minutes. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I couldn't be there for one because I was uh, working hard, diligently. But yeah, no, good interview. Can't wait to can't wait to listen to it again. Put on repeat, you know. Yeah, well, it's 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 got a lot of uh, got a lot of legs in it. There's a lot lot to learn from there. So a few listens for sure. Um, we'll touch on the listener league now. We had a championship last week. I was in it, and I yep. uh, played against Adam Killer. I don't know how you pronounce your last name. K I L H R. And safe to say, I got my ass kicked. I did uh, so. Let's let's really go into this in some some great detail. Really, really talk me through it. I had a great start to the week on Thursday night football with uh, Philip Rivers and uh, Justin Jackson helping me out. And well, you must have been feeling pretty good. No, because then Sunday rolled around, and then DeAndre Hopkins, as I said to you, came to my house and with his big uh, black, you know what, just uh, <laughs> just 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 destroyed me. He just absolutely just ran me. And uh, yeah, I just couldn't recover from that one. Oh, um, he rammed you while your girlfriend watched in the corner. Yeah, and she was loving it too. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't help that uh, Saquon Barkley had an off week. Um, Christian McCaffrey didn't do too... He actually had a decent No, game. I'm telling you, Chris, that's why he was the best running back in fantasy this season. Because in a, the week where every other running back boned you, Christian McCaffrey stood up and delivered. And fun fact... He was the first running back since Walter Payton to have 50 yards rushing, receiving, and passing in a single game. So there mm. you go. But yeah, nah, just I, all my team just played horrible. I couldn't really couldn't really start anybody. I dropped Sam Donald the week before, so that was nice. And played, oh, yeah. And, well yeah. done. Good, good move. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And played Marcus Mariota over him in the pouring rain. But nah, I got beaten by a better team. Happy to say that. I thought he was going to win all year, and he did. Um, yeah, he, Adam. Adam assembled a, a fantastic team. Fantastic team. So, uh, in all seriousness, congratulations to him for for winning the Listener League. Uh, we'll be in contact to arrange, um, <clears throat> you know, get some details off you, and we'll we'll be sending you a, a prize courtesy of, of the Vault, Vault Studio. Prizes, prizes, prizes. prizes. Yes. multiple, multiple. Um, and yeah, so we we hope you'll be back as defending champion in the 2019 season. Uh, to defend your title against us as mere mortals, and maybe maybe we get you on to uh, have a guest spot and, and and dish out some some of your secrets. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins would come visit your house too and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, it's it's it's, it's, it's near Christmas to me. Yeah, John J. Hopkins will come down your chimney and uh, yeah, he'll fill your stocking. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll leave it your there. Stocking up anyway. Um, lastly, we'll finish off the uh, this year's show with our beer bets. Now we did some yes. season ones to start off with, and now we just do our week. We've done our weekly ones. Um, really seems like Lewis has won a lot. I've won. I've won a few. Won a I lot. mean, it, it is padded out quite nicely by the the kicker duel. Uh, oh I, yeah, I went. I went okay in that this season. Who are you going to go so, this week? You never. You never gave that away. Sorry. You never gave away who you're going to go this week. Oh yeah. Um, that's. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'll go Dan Bailey. I don't think I've used him yet. You have not. So yeah, I'll go Dan Bailey this week. But looking back at our beer bet, so for those maybe who. Mr. In the offseason, me and James agreed that through the course of the season, we would have a series of bets as we came to disagreements inevitably through the podcast each week. And we would lay the bet and the loser of the bet would buy the other one a beer. And so we've kept track of these throughout the season. Uh, I'm currently winning 17 of those. James has won 11 and we have two to be decided. Um, Some of the interesting ones, uh, I bet James that, Odell Beckham would score at least 17 and a half PPR points against the Eagles. He did not. He let me down there. Um, I also bet, or rather James bet me that Jordan Howard would be a top 12 running back this season by the end of the year in in PPR scoring. And I think he's running back 29 right now. So we've called that. He can score 130 on and get there. He could, he, he might be able to do that. He could take Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey and Tyree kills best scores combined in one week. Stranger things have happened. Straight, stranger things have happened. Yes. Um, what else have we got? Well, speaking of I Derek bet, Henry. Oh, I like abso- this one. I like this one. I bet that Derek Henry would outscore Dion Lewis in PPR scoring. And uh, now that is technically TBD, but Derek Henry is now, after a very slow start to the season, leading 173 points to 150. And I think he's going to get fed the ball again. So I think I'm going to... Uh, I think I'm going to win that one. He's also came to my house too recently, and yeah, uh, you had, had a session De- with DeAndre him. Hawkins and Derek Henry came to your house and have just left you a, a broken mess of a man. Oh, it's been it's been about a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, um, any others to jump off the page to you there? Uh well, obviously the only one really shining light that I've won has been Juju Smith-Schuster over. Yeah, you times. danced all over me with that one. Juju is the wide receiver six, I believe, just behind. See the six? No, apologies, the eight, just behind Antonio Brown, who's who's seven. Uh, yeah, Juju has just gone from strength to strength and absolutely excelled this season. And even if Thomas hadn't have been traded, Juju would have would have outscored him by a country mile anyway. So. Great call on Juju at the start of this season. And yeah, I think he's he's probably going to be a, a late first, early second round pick in, in, in drafts in 2009. Ooh, team, you I, I think so. I think the excitement's going to be there. People, I reckon there's going to be some serious discounts to be had on Antonio Brown as well. So what's that? Low second. So you, you thinking he's around 25? His AD, uh, Juju's AD. ADP? Yeah. Oh, I, I, he's going to go inside the top 20 easily. Oh, give me give me some of that action. Yeah, easily. Juju, Juju will be a, a 12-round league. He'll go inside the first two rounds. Give me some of that. That's not going to happen. He's yeah. ADP at the, end, at the start of the season won't be 20. Yeah, I, I, I think it will be. And I would, I, doubt, I would then wager that AB will outscore him again next season. No, it won't happen. <laughs> so I think I think we've got already got two bets for 2019. Yes, we do. We do. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah. So I look forward to uh, to joining you. I'll be uh, joining you in Melbourne for the Super Bowl. And yes, uh, the undisclosed to, to Super Bowl party in. that the Vault okay. Studio is going to host. Is that is that, that that's official? We can announce that. No, it's not. Come on, Lewis. Didn't you get the memo? I guess I didn't get the memo. Too busy sipping your red wines. Yeah. Um, no, I can't disclose that yet. Obviously, the boys will do it. You know, we can't break news here. But be there when it does get announced. <laughs> Just be there. Um, yeah, obviously, you'll be you'll be down, which will be good. Get to catch up. I'll buy you those beers. Absolutely. I look forward to, to cashing them in. And uh, Well, yeah, hopefully, we get freebies there, so I don't have to, I won't have to actually buy any. 
which would be nice. Yeah, just you you can I'll wave all beers, you can just be my beer bitch for the day. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Lewis, it's been a great year. It has. Has been. Sad to see this show go, but obviously we'll be back sparingly throughout the off season. Don't know when, don't know how, but yeah, we'll be back. Um it's been a pleasure, my friend. Absolutely. It's been fantastic. Like you said, we'll be spat spattering some some shows through the off season and uh obviously we'll be back through the preseason in in 2019 yes we will be um thanks for tuning in guys been a pleasure all year um our website thevaultstudio.com.au you can visit us there facebook instagram and twitter at the vault underscore studio please subscribe give us a five-star rating on soundcloud and itunes be much appreciated and lewis where can our fine listeners find you on Facebook, Fantasy Football Down Under, and on Twitter, at FF underscore Down Under. Good luck to anybody that's playing their championships or Super Bowl or playoffs or whatever they want to play. Um, good luck and, yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. All right, see you, mate. See ya. Hit records on my demo Did y'all boys not get the memo?